What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Carrera, ready to talk a little 49ers post-mortem, for lack of a better term, with Mina Kimes from ESPN and NFL Live and the Mina Kimes podcast featuring Lenny. What's up, Mina? Hi. Um, right before we started, we were just talking about how depressing everything was in Ninersville. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess uh, things that are up are not really up. They're kind of down these days. It is unbelievable how with about eight minutes and 40 seconds left in that second quarter, Christian McCaffrey scores this incredible touchdown. And that was literally the last good thing to happen for the 49ers since. Yeah, I I, I joked on Twitter, but it really felt like, you know, all those jokes we made about Kyle Shanahan not needing a quarterback went too far. (laughs) I, I have to wonder what he was thinking in that moment. I mean, just a guy who like in a team that's been, so up against it at the quarterback position uh, to suffer that blow just had to be devastating. I was thinking about that too, because, you know, the defense came out pretty strong and they were making plays and they were good against the run and they were playing, you know, the keeper pretty well. And I was like, God, it has to be so dispiriting to be a Super Bowl caliber unit on that side of the field or the skill players, the whole damn team. But, and just to see another quarterback go down just mentally, I don't know how you overcome that. And it's one thing to see, okay, Brock is down, but he's on the sidelines. He's warming up. It's a one-score game. And then Josh Johnson fumbles the snap at the end of the second quarter. And then he gets concussed in the third quarter. And they know they're on the sideline like, we don't have anybody left to throw. I mean, at one point, Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk were huddling up with Brian Greasy because they were going to have to play quarterback. (laughs) I'm curious your thoughts on this. I Look, I would not criticize Kyle Shanahan for this game I, I I don't think anyone in that organization can be criticized for what went down I did however think that they would get a little bit weirder um like I I was kind of you know when Purdy came back in my initial reaction was oh maybe he can throw it and then when it became abundantly clear that he couldn't actually throw it it was just yeah. to execute you know a little few screens here and there my thought was well then and I think um Greg Olson maybe said this then why is he in the game man like at least put a runner back there so you can get numbers. Um, again, not like they would have won. The Eagles defensive line was also, you know, completely swarming everything. But I did think that it it, it did feel a little bit like a surrender. Kyle said, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle said after the game that they were going to go to do some wildcat, but they couldn't get a first down, which I don't really understand how those two things are related. He's very like sequential I feel like with his offense like it's I've described it like a train it takes a long time to get running and I feel like he he doesn't feel like he could just do something it's always got to be set up by something else and again you're right not that it would have mattered but you know it, it was a little weird and we were left with you know somebody in a boxing match who couldn't throw any punches yeah was Jennings in the game also or was he hurt or what was Juwan, his... was, Juwan was there. He was there. Yeah. So that, that was the other thing. Like, I, I again, major caveat. None of this probably mattered. <laughs> Would have liked to see him throw. I saw some clips circulating of him uh, throwing the ball in, in college or high school and then on some trick plays. And I'm like, you know what? Let, let's see it. Let, let me see it. That's all. I just I just wanted to see it. But um, I don't know. It's brutal. It was um, and it was a bummer too. just selfishly you know I was really looking forward to this game uh, I thought it was going to be a really fascinating matchup and we'd have a lot to talk about and 
you know, I haven't taped my first podcast of the week on this and we'll be talking about other things, but really wasn't that much to talk about on NFL Live today with this game, even from the Eagles perspective, right? Because when, when you're facing that kind of matchup, like how much can you really learn about the defense? Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it was the the tough part about it was if they just lost to the Eagles, okay, I could deal with that. The Eagles are a great team. But it felt like our chance to compete was taken away and not by the other team, but just by the football gods. And that's hard to live with. Yeah, yeah that's more on the, the defense offense side. But again, I actually think because of what I said earlier, when you realize you have no chance, it, it just gets a little bit harder to even look at the defense. You know, I thought the Eagles did some things that were interesting in the run game and with the RPOs that were kind of what we expected um, you know, might take advantage of some of the Niners' tendencies, and I wouldn't call them weaknesses, but the, the very few areas where you can attack them as, a, as an option-based team. It was interesting that the Eagles had, like, such a bad day throwing the ball. Um, and, you know, to his credit, I thought Javarius Ward was excellent in this game. But yes, he was. Again, it was like, uh, you know, how much, I mean, not only would they have had to have pitched a shutout, but you'd have to even, even above and beyond that shutout, I think gotten a little bit more offense than they were able to get without a quarterback. You needed the defense to put up all the points and stop the Eagles from doing everything, which just, yeah, it wasn't. That's how you get Dre Greenlaw punching at a football because they're like, oh, we got to do something, guys. Like we literally have to take away the football (laughs) now. So Nick Bose is going to aggressively play the keep, you know, Dre. I mean, it's just, you're doing whatever you can out there. I mean, it was Nick Bosa literally got hurt standing on the sidelines. That's the kind of day it was. Um, And now, of course, just before we hit record, the news about Brock Purdy breaks. Torn UCL. They are going to hope to repair it. So the timeline they think is about six months. But if they can't repair it and they have to do the Tommy John surgery, which is an actual replacement of the ligament with another ligament, then you're looking at a nine, 10 month injury. So once again, Mina, time is a flat circle. What the hell is going on with the 49ers quarterback situation? Uh, just cursed, man. Um, it makes it was already going to be a really complicated and I think d- divisive offseason. Mm-hmm. And now this complicates the picture even further. This is what we talked about a little bit on NFL Live because, um, and it we actually talked about it before the news of the Purdy injury broke. Um, you know, before the injury came down, my thinking, and we, we DM'd a little bit about this was either you go into the summer with a, a Purdy Lance quarterback competition. I don't know if that's what they would do. It's just weird. I was saying what I would do, or mm-hmm. you would find a way to bring in Tom Brady um, contractually challenging, given some of the Niners cap issues and some of the mouths that they have to feed. But you know, you, you've seen some of these older quarterback contracts. They're insane. They find a way to make it work. Um and of course, Brady was interested in San Francisco the year that he ended up in Tampa. We know all of his ties there. So now with this news of the injury, um, I feel pretty similar, to be honest. Like, I think we'll see what the timeline is. Again, I think that'll dictate some things as to whether they give Purdy a chance. Um, I do think that the Tom Brady thinks still exists and looms. I will say... I would be surprised if the Niners, I've seen some people speculate about this, were to bring back Garoppolo over giving Lance a shot. (laughs) Well, well, for me, it's also just, you know, not just because, you know, I've been, I've said in the past, I think their ceiling with Garoppolo and offense is pretty, is, it has some pretty clear limits, but also like, again, given the injuries, he's just been injured so much. And I think 
that has to be part of the appeal of Tom Brady, right? Is his relative durability. Compared to the 49ers quarterbacks, he's like a friggin' Greek god. I mean, oh, it's it is unbelievable. They draft Trey Lance, he breaks his ankle. They bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, he messes up his ankle. Now Brock Purdy has a UCL, which, by the way, if he has the surgery, there's only been one other quarterback to start in the NFL to have a UCL repair. Do you know who that other quarterback was? No. Nick Mullins when he replaced Jimmy Garoppolo in 2020. This is absurd, the situation. And I agree. I think think that especially if Brock has to have the full – uh, reconstruction, the nine to 10 month injury, then Brady's, they got to go get Brady because I feel like you can't just leave it up to Lance and who, yeah. you know, I feel, I, I feel like Kyle's going to, you know, he's going to say, I'm tired of losing in the NFC championship game. I'm tired of losing my quarterback. Give me the greatest quarterback of all time who, Oh, by the way, is never hurt. And if we can't overcome this, then, then I quit. If not, if they don't get Brady um, and Purdy is hurt. You still bring in someone, whether it's through the draft or in free agency, to compete with Lance. Um, you know, who Lance's injury was pretty run. Like he'll be back, but um, you know, I think he's still a pretty unproven entity, right, for the Niners. And yep. again, we saw how good this team is and how close they were to getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, I do think that's where things get a little bit tricky because I'm not sure. You know, whether you want like where you would draft someone, what kind of free agency, I don't really know. Like, I don't think outside of Brady and of course, you know, Lamar Jackson, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't know if like a, a Derek Carr, for example, is enough or something that would be enticing <laughs> versus the upside you have with Trey Lance. I probably wouldn't do it myself. Um, so I think, yeah, I, you, you, you'd probably have to draft someone. With what pick? Yeah, <laughs> I don't right. have a pick until the third yeah. round. Just when I thought I couldn't feel any worse. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, I, let me ask you, are you totally, are you, have you given up on Lance? No, I'm a Lance Stan. I want Lance to get the job. I, I was not all sold yeah. on Brock. I, I said I wasn't going to make any definitive statements because we saw Jimmy Garoppolo come in for five games and look like he was going to be the guy. And then we were begging for anybody but Jimmy Garoppolo. So I wanted to see Trey. I feel like he's never gotten a fair chance. He hasn't even started and finished four games in his professional career. He hasn't started and finished games in back-to-back weeks since 2019. I mean, he has had no shot with no experience. And I I just want to see it because I think there is potential there. And it's like, what was the point of doing all of this if you're never even going to let him try? If he tries and fails, okay, but let him try. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think in regardless of what happens, he, he should be on the roster because even if they do find a way to get Brady in the building, given this <laughs> their history with the position, you, you do want the depth. Um, and, you know, also yeah, his value is, I mean, he's undervalued right now probably. So I think it would be worth having him continue to develop um yeah i'd love to see him get a shot um at least to compete you know uh but we'll see i i really do think a lot of it will come down to whether the brady thing is workable oh man i just i can't believe that we are stuck here and i feel like this is just literally the same off season we had last year except jimmy garoppolo is probably yeah. less of a factor but it's the same it's the same thing again Another NFC championship game loss. 
another quarterback controversy. And now, like right now, as it stands, the best option for the 49ers is 23-year-old <laughs> Trey Lance with no experience coming off a, a ankle injury that required two surgeries. Yeah, and a lot of other priorities, too, this offseason. I was just trying to get um, my arms around, you know, who their free agents are and what's possible without the cap and some of the position. I mean, you know, obviously the Bosa contract looms. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's kind of priority number one. But after that, um, you know, there's a lot of work to do on this team, a lot of departing free agents. Are there any that for you are a major priority, especially on, I would say, defense or I guess the offensive line? McGlinchey is so polarizing because 49er fans love to tweet out the one play where he gets utterly destroyed and he does have those, but he played his best football this year with broken ribs for most of the year. The problem is he's not going to be cheap. I think there's going to be a market for him and 49er fans are going to go nuts if the Niners actually pay the market rate for Mike McGlinchey. But I mean, it is a huge deal. It takes a while for that running game to get going, even when you have cohesion on that offensive line. So now to have to replace your right tackle, that's a lot to ask. And I don't know if you can just hand the job to Colton McKivitz and say, we'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I think it's that's that's going to be the issue, kind of supply and demand. Um, it is there just generally aren't a lot of good tackle free agents out there. And. I think he's been okay for the most part. Um, you know, I understand that he's, he's, you know, it's hard when you're obviously the weak link to, I mean, not that he's, <laughs> I meant from the tackle perspective what? and, you know, teams will obviously try to get your ed, their best edge rusher on you as opposed to Trent Williams whenever possible. Um, you know, if it's like a Micah Parsons or whatever, you're going to get the brunt of it. And that was pretty ugly, <laughs> but um it, 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 it's kind of, you know, like I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I think the safeties, right. Are free agents. That's a position where you could probably go a little bit cheaper and younger if you wanted. Um, and obviously with Hufanga being still on his rookie contract, you have some flexibility there. Um, yeah, it's, they need an, an edge rusher opposite Bosa. Ebicam's a free agent. Ebicam's Jimmy a free Ward, agent. Uh, Tashawn Gibson's you a free agent. Drake it's... Jackson is young and, and maybe, I mean, that would be an area where if I was the night, maybe this is overconfidence, but it seems like every human Chris Casera gets his hands on turns into <laughs> a total stud. So maybe I wouldn't pay up at that on the defensive line, especially again, knowing you're going to just, you're about to pay Bosa. I hope so. I mean, Drake Jackson couldn't even be active for like four yeah. out of the last five games of the year, which was frustrating. So, you know, he flashed potential. So hopefully he can turn it on and that can sort of solve one of the problems. Jawan Jennings is a free agent as he's all shy. Mm. It's going to be different next Looking year. Players. They're, they're yeah. like 16 million under the cap right now, but there's a lot of work to do between now and then. So it's going to be, it's going to be, be dicey. One more. The best defensive coordinator in football on top of all of that. Yes. Although I do have faith in Kyle to replace him because he grew up in defensive meeting rooms, learning defense. Like you're not going to be a DC and try and BS Kyle Shanahan to get that job. He's going to see through it. Um, yeah. So I, 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 there. I read somewhere that uh, the Vic Fangio to Miami thing might still be in the air with the Niners still looming. I don't think, I kind of think he's headed to Miami, but I thought that was kind of spicy and fun. Yeah. Mike Silver tweeted that Fangio told him that nothing was a done deal on mm. his end, on Fangio's end. So I know he has a ton of respect for the Niners. He literally stopped by one of their practices randomly in the in the training camp, like just to check it out. He was golfing with John Lynch. So I don't know. I, I would certainly, Fangio would be my vote. He was the DC once before. That worked out pretty well. 
Yeah, and this talent group has got to be pretty enticing as a coach. Oh, please, please, please. Last question, <laughs> and it's going back to the Brady thing, but it's something I want to bring up to you because in my head, I, I was just worried. The whole thing with Brock Purdy was, was that he sees the field the way Kyle wants him to see the field, right? Kyle likes to, you know, have his quarterbacks almost like he's on, got a controller and he's playing Madden. Yeah. Point, Tom point, Brady point, likes point. to have, yes, that was my pathetic <laughs> finger motion there. Brady likes to have a ton of control over the offense. Do you think that Brady and Shanahan will butt heads or you think they'll mesh? Cause I'm kind of worried about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you'd see I, that part of the reason that's part of the reason why I'd kind of like to see it because, um, you know, it would be a bit of an evolution of the Shanahan offense. Um, you know, it's funny, like I think people sort of mischaracterized Matt Ryan as a quarterback and, you know, Matt Ryan obviously reached his peak playing for Kyle Shanahan um, but the reality is Matt Ryan was much more in the mold of what you described, just kind of being in the offense, trusting that guys would be open, that the concepts would work. Um, whereas Tom Brady, it is a lot more control to change plays. And um, he is, of course, that master at the line of scrimmage. So I would be very interested in seeing how it's different. But I also have this to say, I think at this point of, in his career, uh, I suspect that Tom Brady would be pretty happy to operate within the structure of the Shanahan offense, especially given the way it protects quarterbacks uh, from pressure. So I, I, I think there'd be a little bit of give and take, but I think Brady would be up for it. Well, that's a point I hadn't considered. All right. Well, then now you made me feel a little better. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't well, worry about getting Tom Brady. <laughs> well, yeah, I, he's closer to 50 than 40 at this point, isn't he? Like I do worry a little. I mean, my evaluation of him this year was that the arm was totally fine, that he's just totally averse to getting hit. Um, so probably won't get hurt. <laughs> Should definitely bring back Mike McGlinchey then, right? Yeah, oh, I'd God. say so. Yeah, I'd say offensive line becomes a, pr a pretty strong priority there. It's a long way to go before next year, but it's going to be fun. I'll say that. Mina, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You had such a nice tweet uh, when I got laid off, and it was really kind of you, and I just wanted to say thanks for the support. No, no problem. I'd love your takes and um, appreciate getting to ask you some questions about the Niners offseason, too. You can hear Mina Kimes on the Mina Kimes podcast featuring Lenny, also NFL Live, and pretty much anywhere smart football conversations are being had on ESPN. 